0: And welcome to another installment of Behind the Fourth Wall, the podcast where we review movies, TV shows, and anything else pop culture. My name is Emmett, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host and longtime member of the Ant Hill Salvation Society, also known as ASS, Ivan. It's A-S-S, sir. Sorry. It's I got the periods in there. You're right. Very,
1: very prestigious society. Um, I would discuss more about it, but I actually know nothing of it. So,
0: Did you know that ants outnumber humans? Not just no. in numbers, but in like total mass? That, that sounds very accurate. Scary is more like it. If they ever take their colonies and apply some learning... Did you know that ants also outnumber uncles in the world? <laughs> Statistically, of course. <laughs> that doesn't make sense.
1: It does when you consider that the Y chromosome is fading away and men are dying at an outstanding
0: rate. And that's why you want to protect them. I get it. Protect so, all ants. So what do we got today? We got a packed slate, people. We're talking some some big news came up in the last week. We're going to do a general thoughts on the second What If series of Marvel. And then uh, no big deal, but the Spider-Man trailer came out. So we're going to do a quick review, not a breakdown or anything like that. I think that's getting overdone, but just a general reaction to it.
1: Oh, I'll put away my thesis notes on on it then.
0: Yeah, that's not for this. Let's start with the news. The news segment. We got a lot. (laughs) Yeah, let's start with, uh, let's stay in the Marvel realm, per usual. Chung Chi is coming out next week.
1: I can't believe that. It's already, it it is September 3rd. Oh, geez.
0: This one snuck up on me. I didn't really realize that this was going to be the September release. I think yeah. I was just so preoccupied with everything else going on.
1: I knew it was coming September. It's just, I don't know why it feels like August has just kind of slipped away from me. So this is definitely is a bit of a surprise. But the um, review embargo lifted. And basically what that means is um, anybody who's seen the movie is now okay to talk about it without being in breach of their NDAs. <laughs> the Rotten Tomatoes score has hit for, for Shang-Chi. And they're holding at 92% um, as of this morning. Um, I was going to put as of now, but I haven't really checked.
0: It last Rotten couple. Tomatoes is a broken meter. We both know that.
1: No, I disagree. I think Rotten Tomatoes is, like, very accurate. Very much um, in tune with people's general opinion.
0: <laughs> uh, no, I will. Uh, sometimes it's right, but then sometimes it's just so far off that I'm not going to use that as any stock. However, I do have some, like, good expectations for it. I don't think expectations where like it can't exceed it or it's going to be really difficult to meet it. But there's one weird thing going on with this. And I forget what movie they did this with as well, but like for this whole week and we're recording this on Wednesday, the 25th, this whole week, every single day they drop like a one or two minute long, either a clip or just like a general promotion type video on YouTube. I forget. They did this with another Marvel movie. And I found it kind of annoying, like it's overload. Um, They've
1: done it a couple times. I feel like Black Widow kind of got a bit of that, but it was hard for me to distinguish between new footage for Black Widow and just like a retread of what we've seen only because that movie was delayed so often. Um, I think you might be thinking of Captain Marvel. I feel like they did that for the promotion leading up to that movie.
0: Yeah, that might be it. It's just it's a weird marketing strategy that I don't know if it actually plays off that well, just because like it's it does border on the line of like these almost feel like spoilers. Like just give us a trailer and then let the hype just build itself.
1: yeah, it's it's also kind of strange because they normally take a very um, secretive approach to marketing their movies so much so that you'll see maybe one or two trailers. And you don't really see a lot of TV spots showing up with new footage until the week of release. So it definitely did take a little bit more of a um, different route, I guess, for this. One thing, though, and not, not to kind of, I guess, justify it, but I feel like they may be trying to get people even more hyped. And that's the way that they're kind of doing it because of the soft box office returns that we've been seeing as of late.
0: Yeah, I don't know if it's going to really change anything. Uh, I feel like people will go out and see movies that want to go out. It's going to be kind of like Black Widow. I don't think that much has changed since then. Other than a little bit more fear of the mutation of COVID. I don't really know if it's going to drop the numbers that much.
1: Yeah, I I have a hard time believing that we're going to see um, too big of a box office return for it. I I do think that they're probably banking on that like 50, 60 million opening, though.
0: Yeah, and I think that's I think that's going to be a fair number. I, I It might even be a little bit more than that, I kind of expect. But did you see uh, Bob Chapic's quote with, uh, uh, I'm forgetting his name, the lead in this movie?
1: Oh, with Simu Liu? Yeah.
0: Yeah, where like the quote kind of got misrepresented and then also was like misinterpreted. But he was saying basically like, this is going to be a good experiment because they're changing what i think what he was trying to say was they're changing up the way of like uh, how long to wait until it's available on disney plus right or something like that
1: yeah so i think um that was the interesting experiment quote right yeah i think uh he said that in an investor's call he was referring to the fact that there is a new or there was like a larger agreement i guess between studios and movie theater chains where the typical window between release date and home video release or video on demand uh, is typically about 65 to 90 days so basically that means that from the release date all the way to when the movie shows up on dvd and blu-ray it takes about 65 to 90 days or so um because of covid there has been a very big push to get these movies to streaming much faster. And so, as a result, they've changed that down. There's kind of been this consensus that we're shrinking it down to a 45-day window. And Shang-Chi is one of the first big blockbuster movies that's going to follow that route. So, it's not getting a Disney Plus release, but it will be on Disney Plus 45 days after its release date.
0: Oh, wait, so this isn't even available for Premiere Access?
1: It's not, no.
0: Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, that's why he referred to
1: it as like his um, an interesting experiment because he he touted that it's it's too late to change their minds on it. Like they can't go back and make it a premiere date, uh, day and date premiere date with Disney Plus. I think it's kind of BS. You know, like it's not really. It's a little bit of an excuse for them to say, oh well, um, they just don't want to pay the stars out a little bit more money for of that Disney Plus cash. Um, yeah,
0: that's interesting with the uh, Scarlett Johansson it is, issue going on.
1: It is, and I, I do feel like Bob Chapek has a—he lacks what uh, Bob Iger had um, in, in, in the sense that I feel like he's very blunt in the way that he says things. And so I feel like when he calls this movie an interesting experiment— uh, Someone, you know, someone like Simu Lu who's like, doesn't really, I guess, really have the full context of what he said, because let's be real, that's that's what the press is going to take and run with. Right. Right. Um, and so it's getting it gets misconstrued. And so when you think about it out of context, calling one of the first um, big blockbusters that features an almost all Asian cast with with an Asian crew, it just becomes this like, oh, well the minority of uh, lead film is all of a sudden now the experiment it just sounds bad
0: yeah and that just the highlights the importance of speaking intentionally but then also like it's also on the press not to like just publish the one flashy word and then also not to run with an interpretation that's not uh looked into that's
1: typically what they do though <laughs> unfortunately it's what's- it's whatever generates the most clicks is what they normally go with. And unfortunately, that's kind of the thing that we uh, that we get nowadays. What do you think about some of those scenes, though? Because I, I've seen a couple that um, I think the, the one that kind of caught my attention the most is that example of the action scene on the bus. Have you seen that?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we got uh, bits and pieces in one of the first trailer, uh, the first trailer, and then I think a little bit more in the second trailer. Uh, when it was the more of the action in the second trailer. Uh, yeah, that's going to be a wild one. But then we're also seeing stuff that's, like, fantastical. Mm-hmm. like There's, like, random beasts, and there's, like, a lot of magic-looking stuff. And I don't know if I'm going to be into that part of the movie.
1: Yeah, they're bringing in the uh, mysticism behind the... Uh shang chi so there's been elements of his character that explore that i i don't know how deep they're going to get into it because i know like people have been waiting to see reference to like feng fang foom the the big talking dragon um yeah i don't know this is one side of Marvel where i feel like they got to be really careful about how they bring that to life because it's either going to come off as really really corny um or you're going to buy into it, but it depends on how it's treated ultimately. Um, And it looks like this movie is deviating from the source material in the sense that I think they're giving Shang-Chi some powers versus in the comics. He's not a super powered hero.
0: Yeah. It looks like he's got like a Spidey tingle type of power.
1: Like they definitely changed up the 10 rings for sure it's it's an it's an interesting take, and I'm excited to kind of see what they do with it i I have appreciated the stuff that we've seen from the fight sequences because they're like especially that clip on the bus it's an obvious ode to jackie Chan and the movies of, of that time um so i i was very happy to see that especially the little trick with the with the jacket um for anybody watching if you guys go and 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 watch that clip i think uh I think you'll probably be reminded of like some of those rush hour action sequences from. Yeah. back in the
0: late 90s wait so what's the dragon's name feng fang foom <laughs> man i hope we get like a falcor looking dragon <laughs> you know what
1: he he kinda he kinda looks the part
0: i'm not Fal- falcor being from the never ending story which could have been confused with a giant dog he
1: always frightened me as a kid <laughs> That whole movie did man
0: oh my god i still
1: can't get over the horse in the was it the mud pit yeah I, yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah no, i can't i'm still upset with that movie over that scene
0: <laughs> Cuts deep what um, else we got in the news
1: eternals i guess in a similar vein we have like mostly marble filled um new section here but no, eternals Marvel. eternals also dropped uh i think trailer two right we talked about mm-hmm. trailer one a little a couple months ago but um this is a movie that i feel like um i I can't say like i'm super super excited about it but i'm excited in the sense that i have no idea what to expect and what's coming
0: yeah so even from like a comic standpoint you don't really know where they're going to be going with this i have some idea but to be
1: honest with you like i'd be lying if i said like oh yeah icarus is one of my favorite characters or you know like the only character i'm you know semi-familiar with from the crew is um the black knight which is played by uh kid harrington so aside from him i don't really know all that much about the eternals uh they were popular back in the jack kirby days um and these were characters that were brought to life in comics around the time that the new gods over at dc were introduced so their stories are very outlandish and out there um to kind of give you a little bit of a perspective, I guess it's, uh, a a lot of these writers looking back, were saying like they were trying to push the boundaries of what they would allow to, (laughs) to be published in comics, uh, back then. So I have no idea where they're taking this. The only thing I know is the black Knight is in the movie. And I know that the eternals have a connection to Thanos. Uh, but that's it. That's all. (laughs) That's all I kind of know about this.
0: Yeah. I was going to ask you, uh, what your thought was because this, this trailer gave us a quick answer to what everyone was thinking about after the first trailer was why didn't they help out when Thanos arrived and snapped his fingers in infinity war? And they basically summed it up by saying it wasn't a, uh, our fight because it didn't involve whatever that beast, like the devils the, that they fight. The
1: deviants. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, what, what's your thought on, uh, using that as their escape
1: i mean i i I think that's comic accurate i know like they were always pitted with them like the eternals versus the deviants um it i don't know how they're going to weave them in necessarily i feel like the fact that they haven't i'm interested to see what exactly gets them up to like actually intervene this time um, I do like that they're paying close attention and the fact that we they've established that this this takes place after Endgame. So they could always lay on the crutch of like, oh, well, the Avengers kind of had it covered at that point, right? So it's got to be something beyond an Avengers-level threat to kind of get them to come back and do something about whatever this particular situation is going to end up being.
0: Yeah. It, do- it I'm sure they'll go into more detail in the movie, too, but... It seems like a very quick, like, put the fans' mind at ease type of uh, write-in for a trailer just to, like, calm people down a little bit. But other than that, I mean, action look like, looks like it's going to be really good. It looks like they've got a few funny lines in there, so that'll be nice as well. Uh, but I, I just feel like nobody's really thinking that much about this movie right now just because Shang-Chi's next, and then everyone's still on this hype train for Spider-Man that, like, I feel like this is going to get kind of overlooked right until the release date
1: i think so I'll, I'll make the prediction that i feel like this is going to be one of those sleeper hits where everybody's going to come away saying like oh this is maybe one of the contenders for my favorite movie of the year um the director of this movie she is an excellent visual director and from a narrative perspective i've enjoyed like a ton of her work so i I am interested to see it from that perspective. I feel like this movie visually looks different than the rest of the MCU. I don't know if you noticed, but like the, the color palettes are a little bit darker. Um, the, the visuals seem to be a lot more like framed to kind of, we had the same back when I was, when I used to um, be editing a lot more than I do now, but um, it, there's shots that are like screenshot moments that are kind of like The thought behind that is basically like you can screenshot a screen grab from a movie and apply it to like your background uh, on the computer or something. And I feel like that's what this movie's trailer reminds me of a lot. There's so many moments where you could just kind of pause it and really look at just how beautiful it kind of looks.
0: Yeah, I definitely pick up on that uh, aesthetic as well. So uh, we'll be in the the lookout. Probably one more trailer in them, but uh, they've already given us two, so I don't know if it might be it.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Th- this is one that I was kind of expecting them to to push on to next year, to be honest with you. But it seems like they're sticking to it. Yeah. In Star Wars news, <laughs> Ooh. Taika Waititi is, uh, said he's done with Thor Love and Thunder. So they've wrapped up the movie. Um, I think it's almost done on the post-production side of things, too. Uh, but his focus is now going completely to his upcoming Star Wars project. Um and so I put this on here because I feel like there's been a lot of discussion in the last couple of weeks about the kind of impact we're going to see from Star Wars moving forward. And so I know people are a little bit jumpy about who is touching and managing Star Wars here, here on out. And while we have Patty Jenkins Rogue Squadron movie coming up as the next Star Wars film, uh Tycho Waititius is gonna follow us shortly after. And so with him coming from a background in stand-up comedy, having movies like Thor, Ragnarok, Jojo Rabbit, What We Do in the Shadows, and The uh, Boy under his belt, uh, I've seen a lot of people kind of speculate and argue as to whether or not he's going to bring something good to the table, or if he's like maybe his touch and his type of comedy is a little bit um, too far away from Star Wars.
0: It's an interesting blend he's going to have to work on, but. He, he directed a Mandalorian episode in the first season, so I think he definitely, you know, picked up and has seen the respect that people like a Dave Filoni or John Favreau have. I don't think he would go 180 from that and just make it a comedy, you know? Yeah, I don't
1: think so either. And I feel like even stuff like, because I saw a lot of people pointing at Thor ragnarok and saying like that movie wasn't serious at all and i'm like i don't know which movie you guys are talking about because like that it had its high stakes moments but i feel like his strong suit is being able to play dramatic moments and comedic moments at the right time
0: yeah he comforts you with a comedic moment right after like breaking your heart or something like that like um like seeing Odin die in Ragnarok was really hard and then the sister comes back and then they end up on that on the planet and just like it's funny from there on out to like to to pick you back up so i mean i think he will do a good job at that and i think star wars do, can allow for some comedy i think mandalorian showed that
1: i think so too and I think for anybody who hasn't watched it, if you watch Jojo Rabbit, I feel like you'll get a good sense of what Taika Waititi is able to do. Um, and, and for anybody who has seen it, may I just bring up the uh, tying of the shoes scene? And I'll leave it there. But like anybody who's seen the movie knows what I'm talking about. Because <laughs> uh, there's a scene in Jojo Rabbit that just like completely...
0: Yeah, I was so against that movie for so long because I was like, I don't see how you can turn... Nazi Germany into a comedy. But you're right then that it's a it's a really good balance of throwing in some humorous bits with serious topics.
1: And he's really good about getting you into a character's perspective on on the world. And so that's that kind of explains some of the outlandish stuff in in JoJo Rabbit because you're seeing everything through the eyes of this kid. To me, he's he's like the perfect director to handle something like Star Wars where you need respect for the source material but you also, you know, I feel like Star Wars is ready to tackle new grounds too.
0: Yeah. Do we know which movie he he got out of the ones that were announced?
1: It's none of. So they announced his project, but it's unnamed, and they don't necessarily have anything um, that's kind of plotted out. He's writing the script now, but mm, okay. it's supposed to be something of a. It's it's going to be an original story, but the rumor is that it takes place after. Uh, the rise of skywalk and i think uh you know to kind of settle everything out i think the last kind of bitter news here is uh we, it's it been an interesting kind of trend that we're seeing lately we talked about the 45 day window earlier but so not to delve too much on it but it looks like a lot of the movies that were not doing so good at the box office movies like snake eyes suicide squad as they're starting to hit video on demand and home video they seem to be surging a bit more so i wonder if this 45 day window is going to be something that uh becomes permanent
0: i wouldn't mind it i mean i think that there has to be some sort of way to support theaters and if you're releasing it like hbo does for free the same day why would i go to a theater to see it like even if it is a true blockbuster movie that i want to see on the big screen i don't know if i got it for free i'm just gonna watch it
1: yeah and i feel like 45 days is is good enough i feel most most movies aren't even on the movie schedule anymore after three weeks or so unless they're like big blockbusters
0: well they definitely last longer now just because there's not as many movies coming out to push them out of theaters right. but yeah 45 days is plenty for like you're not going to be making as much money in the what is that sixth week yeah pretty much just so, about yeah i think it's a fair uh, request Like, if you really want to see it, go pay the 10 to $20 for a ticket and watch it. And then watch it again when it comes out in a, in a month and a half. Yeah.
1: All right, let's get to our main
0: meat and bones here. <laughs> yeah, why don't we start off with the Marvel's What If? Episode 2. Uh, this is the one where... The what if is what if the Ravengers who came to collect Peter Quill in Guardians of the Galaxy uh, got gathered the wrong kid and took Chadwick Boseman's T'Challa instead, and he became Star-Lord. Uh, one, do you want to give your general thoughts on it? Sure, yeah, I'll kick us off. Um, so I think
1: for me, the episode fared a lot better. Um, than the pilot episode for me. Um, And I think it's because this episode didn't really stick to following the plot of Guardians of the Galaxy beat by beat. It focused on delivering something new to us and also took some risks in reinventing a whole bunch of characters. Whereas I feel like with the first episode, it was kind of copy-paste, you know? Like, there wasn't too much reinvention going on. So, aside from... From that it was also bittersweet to hear chadwick boseman performing his um his version of t'challa here but uh, i i enjoyed it i thought it was a good solid episode and i'm looking forward to hearing more uh of this uh, version of star lord in the coming episodes because supposedly there was more recorded so uh we'll, we'll probably see him again before the end of the season
0: yeah i can i can pretty much only echo your thoughts there i i did really enjoy this one more than the first uh for the same reason i think the first episode while still a creative idea it was kind of just gender swapping the plot of the first avenger captain america's first movie uh which is fine to do but it's just not that creatively uh inspiring i guess as this one, where it's rewriting the entire plot of Guardians, because changing one thing really diverted the timeline. Whereas, like, if you change one thing in Captain America, apparently everything kind of runs the same.
1: Yeah, it kind of defeats the purpose of the what of exploration. If it's like, oh, well it'll happen the same. It'll just be different players.
0: But I think that I think what they really achieved was. The difficult thing is because these are, like we talked about last week, these are like 25-ish minutes long. It's really hard to rewrite everything, introduce new characters, and have you buy into the existing characters being differently uh, without seeing any sort of change. It's kind of a lot of, uh, you have to buy into the change. Uh, otherwise, it won't work. But I think they did that really well, and I think that's what the first episode was lacking is like, they were afraid if they make major diversions, then people won't buy into it.
1: That's true, and it was also fun to see the, that reinvention of like a character like Thanos. Which yeah, uh, that one surprised me a heck of a lot. Like I I didn't think that they would go that far <laughs> with reinventing Thanos.
0: Yeah, and I think the animated version of him looks even more like grimace than the uh, <laughs> live action version. <laughs> He does. He does. And the Nebula redesign also kind of struck me. I was like,
1: wait, what? Nebula has hair? What?
0: <laughs> yeah, if given the chance, she would have grown out luscious blonde hair. <laughs> She's still a double agent, though,
1: it looks like. so.
0: Triple agent.
1: Triple, yeah. And it was fun to see... Uh, I, I forget his name. I think it's Chivon or something like that. The, the Collector. yeah, um, yeah. I guess he hit the gym after... After Thanos wasn't a threat around there.
0: Yeah, he was using that Reality Stone to change how he looked.
1: <laughs> he was super jacked. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, these are these are fun little like uh, appetizer episodes, right? Like these are just like I'm not really like working through the week to, waiting for it like Loki, but they're they're nice little like throw them into the rotation episodes.
1: They are, and I feel like... Like, I don't want to dismiss it because they're animations, but I also feel like, you know, from a serious standpoint, it's almost like I'm not really sure what they're they're going to do with these characters in the long run. That I just... While I'm invested enough, I'm not quite invested where I'm, like, dying to see it week after week.
0: Yeah, I I feel like the ultimate goal with this is two things. The first prong being... Just keep the Marvel name active. Uh, And you do see it, like, when it gets released, you do see it trending all day. Uh, And then, too, I think that it gets the fans to start thinking creatively on their own as well about, like, multiverse bits. And get you hyped up for Spider-Man, which is going to be all that. And then also uh, Doctor Strange's movie. So I think that's all they're trying to do is like change the fans' of mindset, and then like have a little bit more imagination on what could be, what could have been different.
1: Yeah, and it, they could also be using it to test the waters for maybe like upcoming projects or something like that. Like, yeah, this like could if, be a good window.
0: If like nice Thanos or or uh, not broken down Nebula test really well, then they could easily introduce her or him. Uh, and, yeah, these could be very inexpensive ways to test that.
1: I'm excited for this, though. Like, I, I think, um, the, the, well, I'm excited for the fact that there's, like, animation in Marvel now. I shared it before in, in last week's episode, but I feel like I grew up watching DC animation and DC Comics' ruled animation for also many years, that it's nice to see Marvel have its own studio. And I, I almost kind of am tempted to, like, I I hope that they do something like original series like this that maybe have nothing to do with the MCU itself, but like, it'd be great to get an animated universe with just like an animated version of all these characters, maybe play out things a little bit differently.
0: Yeah. I think the way that clone Wars worked was fill in a part of the timeline that was really overlooked in the movies and uh, I think it really worked well for that. It was a low budget way of doing that. Introduced a lot of good characters uh, and plot points that you would uh, you wouldn't have ever guessed at before. So I think they could easily do that with uh, different um, plots from Marvel.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's move on to our. I think. <laughs> um, and they've been waiting for. Yeah, the the one thing we've been talking about, I think, since the inception of this show, <laughs> of this podcast.
0: Um, the Spider-Man trailer.
1: Yeah, my God. Man,
0: how many times <laughs> have you watched this thing?
1: Um, well, looking at the Marvel Entertainment page on YouTube, it's over 14 million uh, views. I think I'm at least about 300 of those views.
0: <laughs> it actually did break uh, some record for like most views and longest-running conversation. For I a think it,
1: they, I saw somewhere and I can't verify this cuz uh, you know I'm looking it up now but like I can't see any source on this but I did see on Twitter that someone had mentioned that within the first 28 minutes or so it broke over 6 million views
0: yeah it's crazy
1: that's incredible like <laughs> that's like and it kind of you know it, it shows the enthusiasm behind this um and I feel like the, Spider-Man's one of those characters though that was running almost like full steam ahead without the backing of the MCU before. Uh, But now that he's in the MCU, I feel like it just kind of elevates it to a whole other level.
0: Well, yeah, fans have definitely been uh, on a roller coaster with this because, like you said, there was a time where we're like, is Tom Holland Spider-Man gone because of the agreement between Sony and Disney? Like, are we never going to get to see this again? Uh, So that was scary. And then obviously being having this trailer pushed back and back and back. And I I saw some graphic too that was like release date for trailers. And this is without a doubt the shortest one between when the movie comes out and when the first trailer is played. The next closest one was like uh, a month earlier than what this was.
1: Yeah, compare this to something like Black Widow.
0: (laughs) <laughs> well, that's different circumstances, but like a lot of other Marvel movies that were known going to be successful got to build the hype out pretty early. And it's interesting that they waited so long on this one, and especially since there was that like whole leak controversy where a leaked portion of the trailer, I didn't really watch it, um but I I guess the trailer got leaked out like a day early, right?
1: yeah the entire trailer leaked with unfinished cgi is what the reporting said when i when i um went on twitter on sunday night i saw that people were sharing the leaked footage which i saw a quick glimpse of it enough for me to say okay yeah i think this is a legit
0: thing and i just completely i gave up on twitter for the night i was like nope i can't i can't do it i don't know why you would watch it i mean like it's not even finished I guess, honestly, though, even if it was finished, I'm just like, I can't give clicks and views to little rats like that. (laughs) Yeah, it's a little scummy
1: to to me, because I feel like, you know, for anybody who hasn't worked on on these kind of things, like, it takes such a long time to put these kind of trailers together, and I don't know, like, at that point, you know, would you rather ruin it by watching an unfinished piece or wait until you get the full magic, you know, like, it, people were like debating whether they were forced to release it because of the leak. I I highly doubt it. I think this was planned from the beginning. But the leak just it was just somebody jumping ahead and trying to earn a few clicks, which was unfortunate. But
0: I wonder if the leak was also planned though. It could be, but I feel I'm like that, I'm that cynical.
1: <laughs> I mean, like I honestly I wouldn't put it past it. I, like I like knowing the movie industry, there are things that leak intentionally. Right. But I but I don't think that this is one of those cases. Uh only because like this is one of those worst kept secrets. Um this movie I feel like has had multiple leaks about various different things. Um and while I think it's enjoy like sometimes I I question whether it's going to ruin the fun of the movie for myself or not. And I think for me it's one thing to talk about the movie it's another thing to experience it. So I feel yeah. like that my excitement is still intact for this movie.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about specifics of the trailer. Um, do you want to go first or should I kick things off?
1: Kick us off with your thoughts, sir. All
0: right. I actually have, like, two organized thoughts on the trailer. So, first, I love that the first whole minute is just just Peter Parker. It's Fallout from Far From Home, which is, like, where everything got left off so crazy from that uh, after-credits scene. And it's been so long thinking like what's going to happen next. And I love that it's really classic Spider-Man where it's like so much teenage angst of like uh, just being unsure about what to do next. And now you have like the whole world watching. And it's a really cool flip from Tony Stark being the main hero who really welcomed the attention, uh, declaring it to the world. And This guy, this is supposed to be like, is he the next Tony Stark? And he's so much different. Uh, The second thing I got from the trailer, though, is like, I am a little worried that this isn't going to be a Spider-Man movie. I feel like it might end up being more like Captain America Civil War. And like, sure, yes, their name is on the marquee and it's going to be part of their trilogy. But it's really just like it's just an MCU movie. It's like another Avengers or something like that. Um, and Civil War for me ranked like in the middle of the pack of their, of the, what, 25 or 26 now. So it's fine with me if that's where this ends up, but it's just like the other two Spideys have been number one and then like seven for me or like something in the top 10. So it's like, I just don't want him to get overlooked in his own movie, if that makes sense. That makes
1: sense. I think it's a valid concern given that it does kind of feel that way. Um, in the sense that Civil War was kind of a bridge, right? Like, people would call it Avengers uh, 2.5. Because it felt like that. Um, it could be that this may have similar kind of vibes to it. Uh, to me, the, the trailer surprisingly kind of lived up to the hype behind it. And I say that because, you know, I feel like not, not it's not often that you buy into the hype <laughs> And then when the thing comes out, it's just not quite as good as you thought it was, or thought it was going to be. Uh, But to me, this was a nice teaser trailer. It was filled with a lot of hints of what's coming up. It does a pretty good job of establishing the basic idea of the plot of the film. Um, And, you know, the multiverse concept is on full display here. (laughs) And I'm excited to see where it takes us. And to be honest, the last shot of the trailer with... uh, you know, revealing the Sam Raimi version of uh, Doc, Doc Dr. Octopus uh, just brought me back th- these like nostalgia vibes for the early 2000s version of Spider-Man.
0: Yeah, the nostalgia is definitely through the roof um, and I definitely might have to uh, throw rewatching the trilogy of Spider-Man on my to-do list before this
1: i'm already there <laughs> i saw spider-man one this morning while i was playing i was playing in the background while i was working away
0: yeah sure working uh <laughs> no i do love that they're bringing characters back and i do like that they didn't give us all of them in the trailer they like gave us little flashes of uh like a laugh from green Goblin, but you don't have to show them uh you see like a little sand- sandstorm and lightning and it's like okay give us these little hints but you don't have to like you can be coy about it.
1: Yeah, and I think um, I I did a little bit of, and I'll admit it here because I normally like always make fun of like the the YouTubers that will come out like immediately like twenty minutes after the trailer comes out and they're like fifty seven Easter person.
0: eggs you missed. <laughs> what did we yeah. watch the same thing?
1: <laughs> right, right. Uh, but I did go and I was like pausing every couple seconds or so, and I'm like, uh, what else are they showing us? Just is cause, that what like, we're becoming. No, heck no. <laughs> but I, I did it for this because I feel like um, I, there were quick shots where I was like, I think I saw something, but I want to go back and see what I did.
0: All right, Ivan, give us your thesis paper on what you <laughs> noticed.
1: I noticed a whole bunch of things now. Um, <laughs> no, I, I did see
0: the call-outs to
1: the villains. So like we, they, we kept we keep talking about like maybe the Sinister Six are showing up. And by my count, I think we have five villains in this movie that were at least teased. Um, I'm not saying they all show up, but I feel like from the shots that we got, we have Dr. Octopus for sure, because he shows up on the bridge physically. That pumpkin bomb is obviously referring to uh, Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin. Uh, What
0: what if it's James Franco? Then I'm walking out of the theater. Um, (laughs) He's the best Green Goblin. Take that back, sir. No, he wasn't. (laughs) Goblin Jr.? you going to (laughs) cry? That was the best scene out of Spider-Man 3. (laughs)
1: No, 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 I take it back. The dancing was the best part of Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. We got um, yellow electricity and a sandstorm for Electro and Sandman. Um, and one thing I did notice, like a quick, uh, you know, blink and you miss it moment, some sort of claws coming at um, Peter in some sort of dark lit scene. So it's either... People were saying, like, it's, it's it might be Venom, but I'm thinking it's probably the lizard from the amazing
0: spider-man movies? Yeah, do you have a timestamp on that or no?
1: Um, no, but I can go back and check while you give me your response to my thoughts.
0: Yeah, I think the sinister 6 was uh kind of teased, but here's the thing I have an issue with and I'm hoping that they do address this in the movie is all of these villains that you're bringing over through the multiverse uh split were defeated, like, definitively. So are they being brought over just before their defeat? Like, because some of them, like Doc Ock, didn't really realize his, uh, his abilities with his tentacles until, like, a day or two before he was defeated. So it, it's a pretty narrow window for him to be brought over.
1: So I can kind of answer a little bit of that doctor from the Doctor Octopus take. Um, also, to see the claw moment, it's at minute two. It's at two two minutes and twenty five seconds into the trailer. Um. Anyway, so on the Doc Ock part, there was that interview with Alfred Molina from. I I want to remember. I think it was from something I did with the Oscars a couple months ago. We talked on it briefly on on, on the show, but. He had mentioned that he kind of spilled the beans, basically, on everything, and was saying like the interviewer was asking him, like, "Oh, well, what was it like to come back into the shoes of Doctor Octopus?" And he talked about the de aging that they do, that they're doing on the for the movie. um But he also mentioned that he asked the question to the to the director John Watts about how it is how is it that Doctor Octopus is still alive, and he got he got basically he detailed the explanation that he got was basically that his character gets transitioned into this universe like a split second after we last see him in Spider-Man 2, which is when he's floating down into the into the river. Um, supposedly to his death, right? So I think that, or I got to think that that's kind of one of those, like that's how we're going to get them. The other thing I was thinking though is like, Loki has introduced the concept of variants. Could these be... Not necessarily the same exact Doc Ock that we saw in Spider-Man Two, but rather a variant of that character.
0: Yeah, that would be interesting.
1: Because Alfred Molina went on to say that his the version of Doc Ock that he's playing in this movie is basically a corpse that's being controlled by the tentacles now. So like, there's no, there's no like, um,
0: you this know how like a, this guy's a loose cannon. Yeah, he is. <laughs> I don't think he actually knows what he's talking about. I think he's just like, I'm going to go out there and just spit out ideas that I feel.
1: <laughs> that could be it. But, like, I don't know. It it could be an interesting take that, like, he, these characters get taken out from this universe the second it looks like they're about
0: to die. Yeah, that, I mean, that seems a little convenient, but uh, the variant idea does interest me, and that does tie everything. It keeps, like, the connected web of Marvel alive. It doesn't really ignore what comes before it. The one thing
1: after kind of laying out this whole like five... We have five villains in the trailer. Yeah, sorry, right?
0: that's five, so we need the sixth one.
1: Yeah, who is the sixth villain? It's,
0: it's got to be Falcon, right? Like, Or what's his name? Griffin, the Vulture? Gryffindor. Vulture, yeah.
1: <laughs> Falcon, I was like a bro.
0: <laughs> he goes bad, right? No, uh, <laughs> Vulture from... The first Spider Man the Tom Holland Tom Holland Spider Man.
1: I'm gonna go ahead and guess it's Mysterio. But he's dead. He is, but what if the spell does something to Un-
0: kind of undoes it? Yeah. I kinda like the idea that like Mysterio brings the Sinister Six together, but is actually dead. Right? Well, so like yeah. all of his actions are what cause like this chain of events to happen.
1: That would be very cool. And I also think, though, that because Mysterio caused the mess in Peter's life, I feel like it's almost kind of deserving that he gets some payback for that. Um, so they could bring him back in some form.
0: Who is the other guy that uh, was in the first Spider-Man that was in the prison with Vulture?
1: Oh, um, Uh What's his name? The, the Scorpion.
0: Yeah. You think we'll get him?
1: I don't think we're getting a new villain in the movie, to be honest. Because I feel like there's so much in here that you're you not going to have enough time to flesh
0: out. He's a not new like villain. new, new.
1: It, it's true. Yeah, true. But we, we barely got any development out of him. So I don't think there's going to be. He got a
0: post-credit scene. <laughs> but that's it. That's all he got. Yeah, but you, those shouldn't be used lightly. That should actually be used for something.
1: I, I do keep going back to that scene though. Like I, I feel like we probably, it probably should have been a threat that got picked up in the second movie. I don't know yeah, why like they the have like that. the
0: villain of the first act would have been great.
1: Yeah, something like that. I mean, like I I didn't realize this until after I saw a lot of discussion behind the Sinister Six on Twitter, but. The between the MCU Spidey movies and the old ones, we, we have a whole bunch of Spider Man villains. Um, oh, yeah, Rhino Man, like Homecoming had a lot more. Oh, dude, imagine it's Rhino, Rhino's the sixth <laughs> villain. All Giamatti's is back, baby. <laughs> Honestly, I would, I would <laughs> I'd love be happy. It. Yeah, <laughs> um, no, but like Homecoming had a whole bunch of villains in the movie, like iconic Spider Man villains. We had the, the, the the Tinkerer, Shocker, Shocker, yeah, Vulture,
0: Donald Glover's
1: character. What was he? The Prowler.
0: Yeah, and then that would have led to Miles.
1: Miles, I wonder if we get a call back to Miles at some point. I hope movie. we get
0: uh, Nicholas Cage, and we get um, the Porky, the Porky Looney Tune Spider Man.
1: Oh, Spider Ham.
0: Spider Ham. Yes. <laughs>
1: Wouldn't that be great? I, You know what? I, I do want Nicolas Cage in the MCU.
0: Yeah. He, he deserves it. If we can have Owen Wilson, I think we can have Nicolas Cage.
1: Bring back Ghost Rider.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. But uh, Daredevil, is he supposed to be in this?
1: Yeah, so the rumor is that he's the lawyer that's viewed in two very quick shots in the trailer. Um,
0: When Tom is getting interrogated by the police
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> the drones they're your drones sir you
0: mean the drones you own <laughs> no not those the other drones
1: <laughs> <laughs> i didn't own them for a split second sir
0: um this is very easy to explain away
1: yeah although one thing that just kind of like if if i had just been outed if, if I had my
0: secret identity exposed i would definitely not go back to school and what's up with, like, all this hate? Like, this is the first time we've ever seen superheroes hated. And people will say, go back to Civil War. And it's like, nobody like, protested the Avengers. That's part of
1: Spidey's whole thing, though. Like, that's that's his whole... Um,
0: I know, but it's just weird that, like, the humans have chosen now to be upset about something.
1: This is something... This is a topic that I feel like has been in discussion for so long in the, the comic fan community. Because... If you read any X-Men book, like the humans of Earth hate the mutants, but yet they praise yeah. the Avengers. And they live in the same world, and it's like, well, hey, p- pick a lane <laughs> and stick to right. it. you know? Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like uh, for Spider-Man, I guess it's more so like he's being accused of murdering um,
0: Mysterio. Uh, yeah. Um, speaking of other M names that I just slipped Freudianly, <laughs> Oof. What's up with oh. that sign by one of the protesters? Devil in disguise, and they put a little oh,
1: God. devil
0: horns and mustache on Peter Parker. Oh. Is it, <laughs> Meph- is it Mephisto? Are we back on this? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Will we ever let this die? No. I have,
1: I have theories, man, but I'm trying to keep them to myself because... <laughs> I'll I'll say this like and I wrote this on our notes section here, but like the the spell that uh, Doctor Strange is casting um, to get everybody in the world to forget that Peter is Spider-Man after the comic book storyline for Civil War uh, during that arc, um, Iron Man convinces Spider-Man to reveal his identity to the world, and to, as part of the superhuman registration act thing, so like basically the government could kind of lay off their back. And so he does so, and it turns his life upside down. Assassins are coming after him now, and after his loved ones. And it just so happens that they uh, fatally wound Aunt May. And so he goes to Doctor Strange for help. Doctor Strange tells him he can't do anything about it because it's too dangerous to cast a spell like that. And so in an act of desperation, he goes to Mephisto, who offers him to... He'll have everybody in the world forget he's Spider-Man, in exchange for erasing uh peter and mary jane's um marriage why i don't really know <laughs> that storyline was just really bizarre but um this trailer seems to indicate that we're taking elements of that story for this movie and it's odd that it directly ties to mephisto <laughs> who's been a hot topic of conversation in the mcu lately
0: but do I you think we're gonna say... get any other uh heroes in this other than the Spideys, um,
1: I don't think so. Um, I think it's just gonna be Doctor Strange and and the Mans. the Spider Men, the Spider Lads, whatever they're, <laughs> they're gonna call themselves.
0: Spiderling.
1: The Spiderlings. Um, I will say one thing though, like Doctor Strange. There's been people saying that Doctor Strange is uh, acting a bit strange. Like, why would he cast such a dangerous spell? Yada yada yada. Mm. Uh, my answer is because plot. Um, but I also feel like they're, if they are hinting at something being up with Doctor Strange, could it be Mephisto? Could it not? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'll be honest with you. I don't think we're ever going to see Mephisto in the MCU because of one big thing. Because of China. <laughs> um, China's become a very big market for the MCU movies, and I don't think that one of the big no-nos for them is including any sort of depiction of satan Mm. and in the comics mephisto is blatantly satan yeah so i think if they're going to do his character or they're going to explore that they'll probably connect him with like the nightmare character just so that you kind of explain away you still have mephisto technically but not without without actually calling him that um
0: but yeah yeah i feel like the doctor strange thing is also like Go back and rewatch his movie. He is constantly a rule breaker. That, And it's not because he doesn't um, understand what the rules are. It's because he's so arrogant that he thinks he knows everything. And like, how could this go wrong? Right? So it's like, if you watch that more carefully, doing the spell is kind of right up his character alley.
1: I think people forget how arrogant he was i know people used to complain that like oh iron man's very arrogant and i was like go back to infinity war y- you see who has a bigger ego <laughs> infinity
0: <laughs> war and in his own movie he's like i have a photographic memory and i read really well like i know all these spells like you may know them from the book but you don't know what the repercussions are or if okay. you get distracted while doing such an important spell you're gonna mess it up like it, i i don't think it's that crazy of a leap for it to be like it seems dangerous that he would do this
1: yeah i think it seems right up his alley
0: keep in mind also that this is a uh, that this is after the time stone has been destroyed so he doesn't have one because the one they used was from back in time so i think he's also just like what's he might be in a mindset of like what's the point like evil will come if, if it's going to come
1: yeah that's true that's true i i do have to wonder though why the uh sanctum sanctorum seems to be in the rut like did he because this um the the scene seems to take place in the winter
0: Mm, Um, it looks like it's in the summer but inside that sanctum is winter
1: well what has he been doing for the last like whatever weeks it's been since endgame has he not (laughs) cleaned up his own place like what
0: wasn't that in summer
1: I don't even know. I don't know. Yeah, I need I need a proper timeline to come out. Yeah. Where are my Marvel visual guides?
0: The <laughs> sacred <laughs> timeline, you mean? The sacred timeline. <laughs> For all time. Always. <laughs> uh, well, you got any other thoughts on the trailer? Other than that, it's just, you know, a masterpiece. Yeah, and wh- It's really wh- exciting. Wh-
1: where do I begin? I have, like, a whole stack of thoughts here. Let me just pull out one. Actually, you know what? No, I'll, I'll be on this for hours. <laughs> um, no, I, I honestly, I enjoyed it. I thought, um, the, our for being our first look into this movie, it, it it gets me more hyped up than I than I was. Um, I am, I am a little wary of um, this becoming a like you just said, like an, a civil war kind of moment too. Uh, i'm less so concerned on it as long as we focus on spider-man overall right but we'll see how that's going to shape up what i what i hope happens out of this though is that this movie becomes a success because i do want to continue seeing this uh, tom holland version of spider-man within the mcu and all i know is i do not want to go back into those frightening month and a half that we had where spidey was pulled out of the mcu and it looked like we were just gonna get a sony led (laughs) movie yeah um give us more spidey content and i'll be happy but one thing one one thing to throw at you quick question here box office this thing is coming out on chris christmas week i think or christmas time just around there Mm-hmm. What do you think this is going to mean for the box office, considering all the stuff that's going on worldwide right now? Do you think that it has a chance of actually showing pre-pandemic numbers, or is this movie also kind of doomed in the way that we're kind of looking at Shang Chi and Eternals?
0: No, I think uh, I think this is going to be we're back in the triple digits. Like I hope 100, so, hundred plus million.
1: You know, to be honest with you, if if we do get a second trailer with showing Toby, showing Andrew Garfield back mm-hmm. in the pre in the pre pandemic world, I could have easily seen this movie top even
0: Endgame. 200. Yeah, it would have been over two hundred for sure, and it might have been the two billion dollar movie. Pre pandemic, yeah, I mean, this movie does is going to accomplish a lot. It's going to progress the MCU phase. For, but it will also be like such fan service for nostalgia it's like even if you're not into the MCU right now you would still go because like your boy and like your boy Andrew Garfield's in it or Toby's in it and like those were your Spider-Man
1: my boy Toby back yeah, you're, at you're it again. a Toby
0: guy Toby believer
1: is the best Spider-Man ever
0: okay <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Nick Cage, you're out. you think it's Andrew? I think it's Nicholas Cage.
1: <gasps> I I'll, I'll agree with that.
0: Nicholas Cage would <laughs> made an excellent Peter Parker. Uh, yeah, no, I I would love to see some of those, but that's the only thing I'm scared about. Is like Tom Holland's my favorite one, and I feel like he's gonna get the same thing. That's like it's gonna be a lot like the animated. Spider-Verse where Miles Morales is like supposed to be your main character and then he gets kind of like pushed out of the way for the other Spider-Men and will ultimately be like the end hero. That
1: might be the case, but I from from everything I've heard it sounds like Toby and Andrew are not going to be in the movie for that long. They might be like an act 3 kind of thing. Uh just given the amount of time it seems like they were on set. So
0: I'm hoping it's like exactly like the third Toby film where he's just getting the crap beat out of him. Yeah. And then just like James Franco, Toby's going to show up and be like, been there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's going to lean down on Tom. Holland. He's like, sucks for you, bro. <laughs> Eating a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew's going to stroll by with a protein bar and a skateboard. And he's going to be like, oh man, I know that feeling.
0: <laughs> Did you see some of the, uh, memes that were like that trailer slapped harder than gwen's head
1: <laughs> <laughs> the twisted humor of the internet <laughs> that
0: if if for nothing else that's all that's one reason to love that this trailer came out it's just people's reactions you know i'm hoping that they do have a reveal
1: moment with all three Spider-Man. but what i'm really 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 crossing my fingers for is a live action version of that meme of the three Spider Mans pointing at each other? Yes,
0: yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that after the credit scene and in into the Spider Verse, like, was my favorite thing. Favorite after the credit scene out of anything. And so, if they can do that in live action, that'd be great.
0: Which one was that again?
1: That's the one at the end. So this is literally right after all the credits. Um, Oscar Isaac's uh, Spider Man twenty ninety nine drops in from the future. And he lands in the 1960s or something like that. And there's two other versions of Spider-Man there.
0: Yeah, now we need that meme for sure.
1: Give us that and the reference to the um, Spider-Man ice cream bar that always has droopy eyes.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. That I just bought a fresh case off of the other day.
0: <laughs> Whoa, are you searching for a perfect?
1: Yes, I need nice. the perfect one. I know well, it exists, it's out there.
0: Well, if you're looking for that unboxing video of Ivan opening up, uh, Spider-Man Ice Cream Bars. Feel free to visit our YouTube or our Twitch stream. It'll be up there. Just keep looking. Make sure you throw a follow on both of those.
1: I was actually going to put it on our Pinterest account.
0: Yeah, it'll also be there.
1: We got three likes the other day. It's blowing up.
0: <laughs> but I think that uh, that concludes Thoughts there. I mean, there's a, there's a lot in this episode uh playing a little catch-up so i think moving forward we're gonna do shang chi after this we'll also toss in some of the other marvel what ifs oh and mandalorian just dropped a another behind the scenes so we might even do that as well
1: yeah i'm looking forward to it
0: a lot of content still in the coming weeks
1: and through the end of the year all right well, guys
0: well thanks for it. listening